7.44 here on this Friday evening. A little late happy hour with J.J. Jansky-Stremski. We are right here on the fan. And she was such a great help to us last year. After the pandemic, getting us ready for hockey, refreshing your truly's memory. And it was somewhat effective, for me at least. Not because of her, just because I can be, you know, moving a mile a minute and I got a lot to cover. But I figured it'd be a good idea. We're about a month and change into this hockey season to get a sense where we're at. Let's welcome in from the New York Post. She does an outstanding job covering the Rangers, the Islanders, the Devils, all these hockey teams in town. And she's got a podcast like everybody else these days, and it's a good one. Check it out, Up in the Blue Seats. I believe it is on the New York Post website. Uh, she can tell us where to find it. But let's welcome in Molly Walker. What's happening, Molly? How you doing? JJ, I'm good. How are you? I was Molly, now let's start here. <laughs> yeah, let's start here because Rosenberg just brought it to my attention. And I got to admit, I saw it on Instagram the other day. Uh, how much would you pay to go and cover that uh, Lake Tahoe game with that beautiful, like, picturesque mountain hockey ice rink? Molly, that looks awesome. Absolutely awesome. I'd give anything. And, you know, there were a couple of rumors going around that the Rangers were being considered for it. And I uh, was pretty disappointed. I mean, not that we would have been able to go or anything, but obviously just to be able to watch it and be able to cover it and maybe hypothetically, you know, visualize myself being there in whatever press box they've got going on. It would have been would have been pretty cool, but it's okay. Maybe next time. <laughs> Dare to dream. Now, let's start here with the Rangers. Last year, last time we had a conversation, there were a lot of good vibes about the state of the hockey team. They exceeded expectations. They found their way into the playoffs. They had this young core. They bring back Chris Kreider. And it seemed like things were looking up. Well, you look at their start to this 2020-2021 year, it's been ugly. They have found ways to lose. They've lost a ton of close games. What have you noticed? What has been your grand takeaway in watching this team perform night in and night out? And why do they continue to be basically close but no cigar? I got to tell you, it's, it's a couple of different things. Um, you know, I really don't even know where to begin. It's, it's, a, it's a couple of different things, truly. Um, I think one of the biggest things right now is the lack of veteran presence. You know, Mika Zibanejad had back-to-back 70-plus point seasons, and truth be told, he's been absolutely nowhere to be found this season. And, you know, he obviously had a tough start to the season. He had COVID and missed a bunch of training camp, and it was a shortened training camp, and then there was no preseason game. So he was just kind of thrown into the fire with no work, no preparation, and, and he just still hasn't been able to find his foot. But it also it extends throughout the entire lineup, the entire veteran core. You know, Chris Kreider hasn't been great on the ice. Panarin's been great in the sense that Panarin is always great, but he's just also not at that elite level that he was last season either. And it's really fallen a lot on the young kids' backs. And, you know, at the end of the day, these kids, it's a, it's a team that has an average age of 25 years old. It's not easy for them. They're navigating their own quirks and their own, you know, rookie, you know, mistakes and such and, and getting used to the pace of the NHL and, and going through their own stuff. And they can't carry it every night. And then I would say the other thing is, is this team doesn't really have an identity. You know, they don't really know what kind of team they want to be, what kind of players they want to be, and who they are out on the ice. You know, it's a different kind of team almost every single night. Either they show up or they don't show up. They get blown out of their own arena. And it's just kind of all over the place. There's no uh, 
continuity right now on this team. And, and it's it's been a little bit tough to watch, especially because, like you said, they really went out on such a high note in the 2019-20 regular season. Obviously, the, the bubble playoffs didn't work, on, work out in their favor, but there was still a lot to be excited about, and it just hasn't translated onto the ice this season. I mean, there's been a couple of bright spots. Obviously, Keandre Miller has exceeded expectations. You know, he's going to be in this lineup for a really long time. Adam Fox as well. But at the end of the day, the best players on this Rangers team have been players like Colin Blackwell, Kevin Rooney, Julian Gauthier. You know, that fourth line has carried them through the last couple of games here and been their only offense. And, and I was laughing about it with Larry Brooks on our, on our podcast, Up in the Blue Seats. You can find it anywhere you find your podcast. You know, when you're there, you go. Nice plug, young, by the way. Well done. <laughs> you're, welcome. you're welcome. But yeah, when those players are, are are your best players on the team, when you have the likes of Zabinajad, Panarin, and Kreider, it's just not good for the Rangers. Okay, Molly. Division. The fact that they're playing all of these games against the Boston's, the Islanders, the Penguins, the Flyers of the world. Do you think that's really put the Rangers behind the eight ball? Has it hurt them a ton? One hundred percent. I mean, obviously, it's it's not that far off from what their division was in the past, but there are a couple of additions, and all of those additions have been they're just it's a different type of of division. It's just everybody's good, and and I just feel like there's this trend that every time a goaltender walks into Madison Square Garden, you know, they put on a Vesna performance. And that's just how it always is. And it's it's a really, really tough division to play in. But, I mean, David Quinn says it all the time. And so do the players. They don't want to make excuses for themselves. But it is, in reality, they're playing eight games against each of these big-bodied veteran teams that have been playing together for years. Bruins, the Penguins, you know, they have such an established core group of players. And when you look at this Rangers team, only like two, three of them have been together for more than, say, five years. You know, the rest of them are all brand spanking new to the team. And it's it's going to take a while, maybe a little bit longer than people would have hoped, for them to build that chemistry and to get comfortable with each other. And, and it's just, it's going to take a little bit. And yeah, playing against these other teams in the East Division is just not making it easy for them. Okay, Molly, if the Rangers are going to get their season back on track, and obviously they're coming off a win last night, if there's one individual element you would point to that needs to improve, what would it be? You know, you could point to a, either one of two things. Obviously, the veterans, like I like I mentioned, you know, Mika Zibanejad has to show up. You know, he just really has – he's got one goal. You know, I mean, that's that's not – that's not who he is. That's not the kind of player that he is. And that's not the player that the Rangers need. But I also could point to goaltending. You know, the, the interesting dynamic about the Rangers is that, yes, they, you know, they've been waiting for Igor Shostakhin and Alexander Georgiev has played his way into being, you know, one of the goaltending tandem. But the reality is a lot of these players, a lot of these veteran players in particular, are used to having Henrik Lundqvist in the back of the net who has given them a chance to win every single night for the last 15 years. And these two guys are still young. You know, Igor Shostakhin is in his first full NHL season. He had a 12-game cameo last season. And it's he's also working through the rookie mistakes, working through, you know, getting used to the NHL pace. And that's, you know, not a knack on him. Everybody has to go through it. But – 
they're not getting the lockdown goaltending that some of these players are used to. And so that's kind of hurting them a little bit too, is they can't fall back on the Henrik Lundqvist spin saves and how he's always just able to knock the puck away and making those crazy saves that he makes look effortless, you know? So I think that you could also point to that, but it's a combination of the two and it's, it's really fallen a lot on the veterans shoulders. I feel it's just, it's the Capo Caco show, you know, before Filipito went down, Filipito was taking big strides and carrying them a lot. And Adam Fox is just, tremendous and a pleasure to watch truly. And he is also going to be a big part of their future going forward. But again, they can't do it themselves. They need these veterans to step up. We got Molly Walker talking some hockey. Check her out. New York post up in the blue seats podcast. I hope I got that right. We'll, we'll circle back (laughs) on it later. Uh, Molly, the devils, they're off to a really nice start. Now, obviously they had the COVID layoff. So, you know, Small sample size of games. They've only played 11. How surprised are you? 6-3-2, 14 points in 11 games. Not too shabby. Yeah, not at all. And honestly, you could really make a case that Mackenzie Blackwood is is the best young goaltender in this tri-state area, truly. I mean, obviously there was so much hype about Igor Shosturkin and Ilya Sorokin on the Islanders. But really, when it comes down to it, Mackenzie Blackwood has just been stellar. Truly, he has given this Devils team a chance night in and night out. And we were talking about it the other day. The other thing about this Devils team is they look like they're having a great time. And that's an intangible that really, you know, you can't, you can't put a price on that. You can't make a trade for that. That's, that's a locker room culture. And, you know, kudos to Lindy Ruff because he's really brought that, I think. He's kind of established that have fun mentality over there because they just look like they're having a great time and the winds are coming. And they, obviously that COVID sun- set, uh, shutdown was a pretty unfortunate series of events, but it, obviously it's going to happen in this day and age. But they come right out and they ran the Rangers right off the, right off of the Madison Square Garden floor, and then they went to Boston and did the same thing to them. So I mean, you gotta you gotta give credit where it's due. And I think a lot of people counted the Devils out in the beginning, but uh, they really have have proved a lot of people wrong. Molly, can they make the playoffs, or is that too premature? I think it's a little too premature. I, I definitely do. Um, I mean, in reality, yeah, they're in the same uh, East Division that the Rangers are, but they've had a lot better luck against teams like Boston, and and uh, you know they lost two to Philadelphia. But I mean, uh, for the Rangers, they're definitely ahead of the Rangers right now. That's for sure. And and I I I had the Islanders that come in in fourth at least, you know, behind the Flyers, Capitals, and Bruins, but. Who knows? The Devils could give the Rangers and the Islanders a run for their money, truly, if they if they get it together down the stretch and they keep this fun streak that they've got going. You hit on the Islanders. 8-5-3 and three starting off the year. And I've noticed they're playing really well on home ice. They've not been so good, Molly, away from home ice. 4-5-2 and two on the year. Um, if there's one thing that has stood out to you two months into the year with the Islanders, what would that be? Uh, probably that Matthew Barzell is carrying the entire team on his back. <laughs> I would say that's probably the biggest thing that's come out. And I think that also Varlamov is standing on his head every single night. I mean, you can make a case that in the last, you know, four or five games, he's been their star player. I, ha- I have been happy that J.G. Pajot has kind of started to get into the mix, too, because he was kind of stagnant a little bit in the beginning there. And that's a player that has always said since he signed that 
giant contract when he came over that he wants to play to that and he wants to prove to the fans and to management that he was worth that long-term investment. So I think he has got that in his back of his mind and it's been tough for him because obviously he's got the two young kids on the wings every night. It's been changed up. He's got Wallstrom, he's got Bellows, you know, he's got Dal Cole. So he's just, he doesn't, he hasn't been given a chance to, to build some chemistry with any of the guys on, on his, on his wing. So, but I, like I said, I think Matthew Barzell has just been a revelation as, as they had hoped that he would be. And, and I know that for a moment there, he had like 10 points and the next closest guy was at like five points. And, and that just can't happen. You know, that's the same thing with the Rangers. You can't, you know, have all the pressure and, and all the responsibilities for in the Islanders case on one guy, at least for the Rangers, they're at least spread it and out on the bottom six, but to, to, put it all on Matthew Barzell. Yeah, he's great. And yeah, he'll break a couple ankles on the ice. But again, you know, he needs the help. And I think as of late, he's starting to get it finally. Um, but yeah, in the beginning there, like you said, during that away stretch, they, uh, what, what was it? One, two, three, five, five losses. Yeah, that was, that was definitely not a good start for them. But I think they're starting to turn a corner. Molly, final one. You got to get the secret of Ron Duguay, who comes on your podcast all the time. He's one of your co-hosts. Because the guy, I, I th- he's got to be pushing, what, 60, 65? He looks like he's 30 years old. I mean, the guy the guy can go model for GQ if he wants. The hair, uh, the skin, everything. You got to get the trade secrets so I know that my skin is going to look that good and my hair is going to look that good in like 40 years, okay? I think he was just blessed with good genes. And, you know, you're talking to someone. My mother is his biggest fan. <laughs> She used to have posters of him up in his room and up in her room and such. And now this is like a dream come true for her. You know, I obviously record the podcast with him once a week and she gets to pop her head in. It was funny the other day, you know, he's out by the beach and he was wearing a uh, cut off sleeveless shirt. And my mom came in and he didn't even see my mom, but he was like, oh, get your mom in here. Oh, I love (laughs) it. He's showing off. Hey, listen, I was his age. I looked like that. I'd be showing off too, Molly. I don't blame him. I don't blame him. You can't blame him at all. You can't blame him at all and she loves it she eats it up it's it's pretty funny full circle for us in this household (laughs) no doubt about it now listen thank you so much for the time check molly walker out in the new york post covering all the local hockey teams and let's see if i remember the name of the podcast up in the blue seats did i get it right you got it right jj good wow i'm i'm getting ready for my jeopardy audition i think i'm good to go molly uh here we go maybe maybe that's in my future you never know anything could happen anything's possible listen thank you so much for the time Keep up the good work. We will do this again soon, okay? For sure. Thanks for having me on. Have a good night. There you have it. That's Molly Walker giving us some hockey insight over at the New York Post. No stuff. Does a fabulous, fabulous job.